God bless you, everyone. My name is David Ewan, heading up the Bravehearted Ministry at the Resurrection Center with Pastors Jose and Melly Martinez. Today's message is titled, Get It Right. We'll be talking today about the great apostasy, being a good servant of Jesus Christ, and paying attention to ministry. Today's agenda is the great apostasy, which relates to breaking away from Christian values and beliefs. We'll also talk about how many people will depart from their faith. We see that now. And we know the spirits of doctrines and demons. We're going to learn more about that. It's in the news. It's in the households. And number four, we'll talk about our relationship with Christ that keeps your relationships together. And number five, we'll talk about what Apostle Paul was teaching about when he talked about ministry, especially to Timothy. Um, and then we'll talk about Christianity is a journey. Our focus today is God's glory is what shines from us. It's not us. It's God that shines from us. We'll talk about being attentive to healing and deliverance. And we'll talk about repentance rather than a message of hope. Repentance is something that needs to be done during these end times. And we'll talk about a message of seeking God's presence. The first thing that I want to talk about is the vocabulary. A word that you need to know to understand when we're talking about 1 Timothy chapter 4, which we'll read later. But apostasy is the abandonment or refusal of a religious or political belief. Apostasy in Christianity is the rejection of Christianity by someone who formerly was a Christian. The definition of apostasy is the act of leaving behind or straying from your religious or political beliefs or your principles. So it's a total abandonment. An example of apostasy when someone decides to become an atheist. That's a simple example. Um, now, we also hear the word heresy. What's the difference between heresy and apostasy? Well, heresy it, uh, then is a departure from the unity of uh, the faith while believing. It is a denial or doubt of any defined doctrine. Some examples are homosexual Christians or false teachers in ministry. Apostasy, on the other hand, is the deliberate abandonment of the Christian faith itself. So let me give you an example of scripture of uh, apostasy. And that's in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that the latter times shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. So expressly means clearly. To depart means to apostatize. That's the verb of apostasy. Apostasy is the deliberate and permanent rejection of Christianity after a previous prof profession of faith in it. And number four, doctrines of devils, that is the doctrines taught by the demons. So again, first of Timothy chapter four, verse one says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Now, there are at least three dangers that lead to commit to apostasy. There Temptations, deceptions, and persecutions. Temptations. 
Christians were tempted to engage in various vices that were part of their lives before they became Christians. Idolatry is one. Sexual immorality. Many others. Number two, deceptions. Christians encountered various heresies and false teachings spread by false teachers and prophets that threatened to seduce them away from their pure devotion to Christ. And number three, persecutions. Christians were persecuted by the governing powers of the day for their allegiance to Christ. Many Christians were threatened with certain death if they would not deny Christ. And the next one, uh, let's talk about First of Timothy chapter four, verse one, uh, verses one through three. So you have First uh, of Timothy chapter four, and uh, we had already completed chapters one through three. So First of Timothy uh, chapters one through three emphasized on personal matters relating to church worship. We have talked about that. Um, what we're talking about today is First of Timothy chapter four. The primary topic is dangers posed by false teachers and the specific responsibility of various groups. And so again, we're going to be talking about we're going to be talking about the uh, dangers posed by false teachers and the specific responsibilities of various groups. Now, in First of Timothy chapter four, uh, there are three parts to the chapter. First of Timothy chapter four, verse one through sixteen. Uh, number one, two, and three. There's three parts. Number one, the great apostasy. Number two, being good servant to Christ. And number three, paying attention to ministry. That's our topic of conversation. So in first of Timothy chapter four, verse one through sixteen, let's give reverence. Here's the scripture. It's a short chapter. It's sixteen verses. I will read it. So, First of Timothy chapter four, um, the first part is the great apostasy, and I read: Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Number two, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with hot iron. Verse three forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good, and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving. For it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. Now, I'm going to read, starting in uh, verse 6, being a good servant. And again, this is... First of Timothy chapter 4. If you instruct the brethren in these things, you will be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished in the words of faith and of the good doctrine which you have carefully followed. Wow. But reject profane and old wives' fables and exercise yourself towards godliness. For bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable for all things, having promise of the life that is now is, and of that which is to come. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. For to this end we both labor and suffer reproach, because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially of those who believe. These things command and teach. Now we're going to read the last part, which starts on verse 12, pay attention to ministry. And again, I am reading 
1st of Timothy chapter 4. Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. Meditate on these things, give yourself entirely to them, that your progress may be evident to all. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine, continue in them, for in doing this you will save both yourself and those who hear you. And that is First of Timothy chapter 4. We talked about the great apostasy, we talked about being a good servant of Jesus Christ, and also paying attention to ministry. Now let's break it down. The first part was 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 through 5. See, as time goes on, some will depart from biblical faith. Not just faith, but biblical faith. That means true doctrine. They will pay attention to false teachers and false doctrine. Those who pay attention to these false teachers and doctrine will harden their own conscience and viewpoint so they turn against God and the apostles' doctrine. Two prominent areas that they attack are marriage and food. Look at what's happening today with the divorce rate. Look at what's happening with the way people eat. Now let's go to the second part, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6-11. through 11. Timothy is to teach, warn, and promote godliness. He is to reject legendary myths. They are meaningless. Physical exercise is good, but spiritual exercise for godliness is much more valuable. So Timothy should teach towards godliness. With the godliness, one is focusing on the living God, not the false teachings, the living God. And the last part, which is 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12 through 16, the Apostle Paul encourages Timothy to be an example for believers and also to continue with his public ministry. The way he personally acts and what he does in his public ministry are important. Personally, he is to demonstrate good speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity. In his ministry, he is to have public reading of the scripture, exhort, teach, use his spiritual gift, and stay strong in his life of teaching. So now let's talk a little bit about doctrines of demons. Let's talk about doctrines of demons. You see, scripture warns us of the doctrines of demons. The apostle Paul says there are departures from the faith and are doctrines of demons. Basically, the demons want people to depart from the true faith that God has revealed. This would include the denial of the basic truths of the Christian faith. So here are examples. Number one, religious self-denial. Number two, formalism. That's playing church. Number three, departing from the faith. Number four, false doctrine. So let me break it down. So when we talk about religious self-denial, that means demons would like people to engage in religious atheism or self-denial. A person can have false impression that they are pleasing God by this attitude of self-denial. See, the devil wants you to believe he does not exist. It's the best lie. The next one, number two, formalism. One of the things in which demons would like people to do to be engaged is mere religious formalism. That means to play church. That means no spiritual life exists. Going through all the emotions of religion without any of God's power, that's a demonic, uh, demonic uh, doctrine. So the devil would love you to go to church, and but they would want you to play church. 
okay, not to recognize the living God. Uh, and number three, departing from the faith, departing from the faith. Rather than embracing the faith that has been once and for all revealed to believers, demonic influences would have people either add or subtract to what God has revealed in his word. This is what Paul warned Timothy about when he said people would depart from the faith. And number four, false doctrine. The false doctrines that, demon, that uh, demons bring is the denial that Christ has come in the uh, flesh. So let's talk more about false doctrine. See, do false doctrine is that which opposes some fundamental truth about which is necessary for salvation. So, number one, it's the erasing of hell. A denial of hell directly contradicts Jesus' own words as seen in Matthew chapter 10, verse 28, and chapter 25, verse 46, and is therefore a false doctrine. Number two, there are many paths to God. Uh, this false doctrine claims that since God is love, he will accept any religious effort, as long as the practitioner is sincere. It also contradicts Jesus' direct words that he is the only way to God. And that is in John chapter 14, verse 6. And number three, uh, redefine Jesus Christ. It's a doctrine that denies the deity of Christ. The virgin birth, his sinless nature, his actual death, or his physical resurrection is a false doctrine. To deny that is a false doctrine. Number four, Satan doesn't exist. False teachers, the servants of Satan, try to appear as servants of righteousness, as shown in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 11, verse 15, but they will be known by their fruits, which is in Matthew chapter 7, verse 16. Number five, a false teacher promoting false doctrine will show signs of pride, greed, and rebellion, and will often promote or engage in sexual immorality. It's true. Now, we talk about ministry. Let's talk about personal reasons. Let's talk about the congregation. These are personal reasons why people leave church, and we need to be aware of this so that the, the true teachers the, from the living God, the true teachers of the gospel are aware of this. Um, and you can also check in with yourself to see if this applies to you. The first one is burnout. These people came out of the gate too strong in the church. They showed up, they got excited, and signed up for everything. They got so busy doing church, they failed to enjoy being the church. Okay? The next one is distractions. These people got distracted by seemingly good things. They were playing travel. They were... Uh, uh, travel ball. They were loving uh, the fast life. They were traveling every weekend. Uh, over time, their lifestyle of attending becomes the habit of not attending. Um, the next one, life change. These people had a lifestyle change, such as divorce or remarriage, or they moved to a new community and never reconnected to a church. The next one, mistakes. These people messed up. They made a mistake that may be public, or at least they feel that it will be known, and the place that should be dispensed grace to spears either refuses it or they feel it would. That's the church. Many times when a person feels that way, it is more perception than reality. But the way a person feels about themselves may determine whether they remain committed to church. The next one is power struggle. These people had an agenda. They were pursuing an issue or a position, and when their demands weren't met, they, could, they couldn't overpower the system, so they left.
The next one, lack of connection. These people never connected with others on a deeper level. As a result, they never felt really part of the church. Next, I'm going to turn my attention to what is ministry. These are the things we're going to talk about. Overcoming challenges, obedient to commitment, expanding the kingdom, fulfilling prophecy, being humble. Now, the Apostle Paul was teaching to Timothy the three things in chapter 4 of 1st of Timothy. It was, number one, the great apostasy, number two, being a good servant, and number three, paying attention to ministry. That's what we're going to talk about. So today, my personal story is not out of pride. It is a testimony to illustrate an example. That's all it is. Everyone's testimony is powerful because it is a story about how God moves in people's lives. It shows the manifestation of God's plans. It gives others an example of how God changes lives. So again, my personal story is not out of pride. I thank God for using me for his glory. My testimony is not about hope. It's about repentance. It's a new way of thinking. So we're on radio, but let's imagine I'm holding up a plaque in a ward. And on the front, it's very shiny, it's very pretty, it's an international award. Um, I've shared this with a few people. Actually, I'm not a person of pride. I've actually won three awards. This is one that I'm talking about. Uh, and it uh, relates to global communication and leadership. I'm very proud of it. I'm happy about it. On the back, if I turn it to the back side, what do you see? You just see a blank sheet of wood. That's all you see. Well, that's the story behind the glory. That's the sacrifice. Um, and so this award that I received, I received five years ago. In 2015, I was seeking God's presence. I was seeking a much deeper, higher level of God's presence. You see, it was at a time where my faith was tested. In 2012, um, in 2012, um, my wife's father had passed unexpectedly uh, the day before Thanksgiving. Um, the year after that, again the day uh, before Thanksgiving, our nephew was in a car accident and the girl in the car died. Um, so we th th that was another holiday season. In 2014, my mother had passed and in 2015, my father had passed. Um, so during that time, certainly before my father had passed, uh, later in October, my faith was being tested. Uh, so I was seeking God's uh, presence. The Apostle Paul was holding Timothy accountable because God holds us accountable. The award taught me this. It took me five years to figure it out. So um, it started in the short year between my parents' death, after my mother had passed and after my uh, father uh, had passed. Uh, um, and, and so it w we were overcoming a challenge, my wife and I. It was a tragedy. Um, four years in a row. Uh, five, yeah, four years in a row uh, at, at that time. From 2012 to 2015, four uh, losses that we had. Number two, uh, we renewed our vows early uh, in January. It was January 17th, uh, 2015, and that's obedient to commitment because God created the institution of the church. Uh, the third one, I was working on the financing of the new building, and uh, our pastors are witness to the lengthy effort and the hard work that was done 
to get all of the finances necessary for a church that was literally brand new, and we were trying to acquire our, our new building. Um, and I was doing this in the middle of, you know, renewing vows, uh, losing both of my parents. Um, but what I was focused on, the reason why I didn't give up, is we're expanding the kingdom. Um, number four, um, our apostle, our covering, prophesied that I would be speaking to the nations. She was at the altar. My wife and I were in the back of the room because, as leaders, we were keeping an eye on things and doing what we were instructed. Um, the apostle walked all right, right to the back and gave a lengthy prophecy about how I would be speaking with business leaders and um, and um, industry leaders and uh, national leaders. Um, so I had been fulfilling prophecy. Uh, the fifth one is I don't ask people to call me ambassador or ambassador professor. I'm, I'm humble. Um, but I call people by their title because I respect them. But I, I don't expect anyone to call me uh, an ambassador. Um, so this is what the Apostle Paul was teaching about. Overcoming challenges, being obedient to commitment, expanding the kingdom, fulfilling prophecy, and being humble. And after five years, that's when I got the award uh, in the work of, from 2015 up till 2020. And the work continues. So that is how you seek the kingdom of God. It's a testimony of repentance, not of hope. I thank God for using me for his glory. God holds us accountable for our actions. God uses people to plant seeds. It's all God. All success comes from a foundation. Everyone's testimony is powerful because it is a story about how God moves in people's lives. It shows the manifestations of God's plan. It gives others an example of how God changes lives. So let's talk about when you do that, favor and provision plays a role. You get God's favor and provision. Let me tell you a testimony, and it's a new one. It just happened. Um, we live on a very quiet street. It's a wide street, and there's street-side parking. And my wife and I, we park our cars uh, in front of the house. Well, last Sunday, it just happened last Sunday, uh, just a few days ago, um, we had just returned from church. And I noticed that my wife's car was hit. And uh, I recognized that it was probably from a car directly across the street, which was an Airbnb. Uh, directly across the street from us is an Airbnb. And the owner of the Airbnb lives in the house next door to it. Beautiful neighbor, beautiful Airbnb. Um, so I got in touch with the owner who provided security camera footage, including the audio. And that video was, you saw the person back up, hit the car, you hear the collision, and then drive off, didn't even stop. So I can just imagine that uh, the driver probably took a swig of beverage, backed up, boom, looked behind him and said, forget about it. And then, vroom, went away. And uh, apparently, the next morning, they even checked out early um, uh, so that uh, no one would notice that they hit the, the car. They actually checked out early. So here's the interesting thing. We were blessed because we had the security camera footage. 
What's more important about the security camera footage, which we saw on a Sunday, the accident happened on uh, Saturday night at 11.03 p.m., so the, the footage was there. Um, the camera was installed 24 hours before the crash. They were just installed, new cameras. It was installed on Friday. Saturday, uh, the car was parked. Uh, Saturday at 11.03 p.m., boom. And Sunday, we noticed at 3.30 p.m. after church. Now, here's how God protects us. What if going to church, I noticed that? Now, that would have perhaps caused me to be late to church. And my wife and I, we can't be late. We arrive a half an hour before the pastors and the leaders do so that we can be ready for the leaders when they arrive at 11, which in turn is an hour before the service starts. I would have been late. I would not have been satisfying my requirement at the church. And when I did arrive, I would have been distracted throughout the whole service. So I would not have been able to serve the Lord in the way the Lord wants me to. So um, that, I thank the Lord for that. Okay? And I remember the air, the owner of the Airbnb said, thank you, Jesus, when we saw, yes, we have uh, the video. Um, let me add more to the favor and provision, uh, regarding the favor and provision. I just found out officially yesterday that my brother and my sister recovered from a very severe case of COVID-19 coronavirus. It was ugly. They were in the hospital. It was not the stay at home and try to recover. They were in the hospital, um, and, uh, they recovered. And I received a picture of one of them standing up yesterday. Uh, so that uh, is another blessing. Um, so what have we done today? We had a focus on Scripture today. We talked about First of Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 through 16. We talked about the great apostasy. We talked about being a good servant of Jesus Christ. We talked about paying attention to ministry. Then we talked about uh, that this testimony was a focus on number three, which is paying attention to ministry and not out of pride. And I thank uh, God for uh, using me for his glory. So we talked about the great apostasy, breaking away from Christian values and beliefs. We talked about how many will depart from their faith, and we see that now. We got to know the spirits of doctrines of demons. It's in the news, and it's also in households. And we talked about how our relationship with Christ keeps your relationships together. We also learned that Christianity is a journey. And you've heard my testimony. Our focus today is that God's glory is what shines from us. It is not us. Uh, we were also being attentive to healing and deliverance. And we also talked about repentance rather than a message of hope. Because in these times, repentance is what we need to put our focus on. And we also had a message of seeking God's presence. And that's what we should be seeking for, is not only the favor and provision, but also seeking God's presence. The title of today's message is Get It Right. My name is David Ewan from the Brave Hearted Ministries at the Resurrection Center with Pastors Jose and Millie Martinez. I thank you for joining me. This is the Resurrection Center.